Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Shaiva Narottamam Devim Sarasatim Vyasam Tato Jayam Udhiraye Reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 12 Excuse me Canto 1, chapter 12, text number 1. This starts the chapter, Birth of Emperor Pariksit. Shaunaku vacha ashvatam ashvatam na of ashvatama upashrishtena by release of Brahma Shirshna, the invincible weapon, Brahmastra, Urujejasa, by high temperature, Uttarayana, Uttaraya, of Uttara, mother of friction, Hataha, being spoiled, Garbha, Womb, Ishena, by the Supreme Lord. Ajivita, brought to life. Puna, again. Shaunakuvacha, Ashvatamno Prashishtena, Brahma Shir Norutejasa. Pramashishno Rutejasa Uttaraya Hato Garba Ishena Vijit Jivita Puna Ishena Jivita Puna Shaunakuvacha Ashvatam Ma Ashvataman no Ashvatam no Prashishtena Brahma Shishno Rutejasa Uttaraya Hato Garbha Ishena Jivata Puna Shonaku Vacha Ashvatam no Prashishtena Rama Shishno Rutejasa Taraya Kato Garba Ishena Jivata Puna Vaishnavis 
Shonaku Vacha Ashvatam no Prashishtena Rama Shishno Rutejasa Uttaraya Hato Garba Ishena Jivita Puna Translation The Sage Shaunaka said The womb of Uttara, mother of Maharaj Prikshit, was spoiled by the dreadful and invincible Brahmastra weapon released by Ashvatama. But Maharaj Prikshit was saved by the Supreme Lord. Purport. The sages assembled in the forest of Naimasharanya, inquired from Sutta Goswami about the birth of Maharaj Prikshit, but in the course of the narration, other topics like the release of the Brahmastra by the son of Drona, his punishment by Arjuna, Queen Kunti Devi's prayers, the Pandava's visit to the palace, to the place where Bhishmadev was lying, his prayers and thereafter the Lord's departure from Dwarka were discussed. His arrival at Dwarka and residing with the 16,000 queens, etc., were narrated. The sages were absorbed in hearing such descriptions, but now they wanted to turn to the original topic, and thus the inquiry was made by Shonakarishi. So the subject of the release of the Brahmastra weapon by Ashwatthama is renewed. Om Jnana Timirandasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Nena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manopishtam Stapitam Nena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadahmayam Dadati Swapadantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Sri Uta Parakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatham Bitam Tam Sajivam Sadvetam Sadvatutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Shivishakan Vitamscha He Krishna Karuna Sindo Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Rishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vansha Kalpaturubhyascha Kripa Sindhu Bhyevacha Patitanam Bhavanibhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namaha Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Varadhara Shri Vasadi Gaura Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Gaur Premanande Hare Bo. Shonakarishi is the senior member of the assembly at Naimasharanya. Therefore, he was mentioned earlier 
in the Bhagavatam, he is mentioned earlier, and it's the protocol in, a, in an assembly when one is greeting a, a, an exalted speaker as were the sages greeting Sutta Goswami at Naimashanya. Sutta Goswami had, was a replacement because his father, Rumaharshan, had not shown respect to Balaram. Balaram had appeared at that assembly, Naimasharanya, and he had not stood up or shown any form of respect to Balaram when he had come into the assembly. And Balaram noticed that. The speaker of the Bhagavatam is qualified because that speaker considers him or herself to be a representative of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and not independently knowledgeable or worthy of speaking, but simply an instrument. So when Ramaharshan was, Ramaharshan's respect was conspicuous by its absence. Balaram then remembered also that Ramaharshan was from a mixed caste. Otherwise, he might not have noticed. And in order to clear the way for somebody who is actually qualified to speak at Naimasharnya, Balaramji picked up a piece of kusha grass and he tapped Romaharshan with it and thus killed him. Such is the power of Balaram. Sages lamented because they had previously given a benediction of long life to Ramaharshan so that he could go on speaking. After all, it was quite a long seminar they were holding, 1,000 year seminar. And then Balaram suggested that that same benediction be transferred to Ramaharshan's son, Sutta Goswami, which is uh, bona fide by Shastra because the son is known to be the representative of the father. Not only that, Sutta Goswami, as the sages note in the first chapter of the Bhagavatam, uh, the Sutta Goswami was a gentle person, and so much so that he had pleased his gurus, and he had imbibed the complete philosophy and thus understanding of the topic of the Srimad Bhagavatam. From them, it was qualified to speak. So in that assembly, you find in the first chapter of the Bhagavatam, this uh, Shonakarishi uh, stands up to speak on behalf of all the sages. And Prabhupada notes in his purport that this is the etiquette that the senior most and, very, and a very learned person must be the one to greet the representative speaker in the assembly. And so Shonakarishi here, we find here and elsewhere that he appears in the dialogue of the Srimad Bhagavatam as one of the moderators, bringing the subject matter at hand. Of course, it had branched into many topics relating to Prakshit Maharaj, but now it's coming back to the topic they had asked about previously. And so Shonaka Rishi is asking or mentioning that, that the womb of Uttara, mother of Maharaj Prakshit, was spoiled by the dreadful and invincible Brahmastra weapon, 
released by Ashvatthama. So then Maharaj Prakshit was saved. So the topic in general of Prakshit Maharaja's appearance in the world is of great interest because he's not only a great devotee of the Lord, but he was personally saved by the personality of Godhead when he was in the womb. And as Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Ananyas chintayantomam ye jana paripasate tesham nityabdyuktanam yogakshemam mahamyaham. For those who are fully absorbed in my service with no other consideration, I personally take care and I protect uh, such devotees. This is very much the case of the protection that Lord Krishna gave to Maharaj Prikshit within the womb. Ashvatama was the son of Dronacharya and in an attempt to gain some ground in the battle of Krukshetra just afterwards he had killed the five sleeping sons of the Pandavas and then he had, had reported this uh, to his guru who was extremely distraught by this and furthermore <coughs> Uh, he then became an outlaw who was being uh, pursued by Arjuna. Draupadi, obviously, the mother, was disconsolate. And to appease her, Arjuna had said that I will catch this uh, rascal, this culprit, and I will cut off his head. And then you can take your bath standing on his head. For <coughs> For, for revenge. So, during this uh, interim period, Ashvatama was very recklessly throwing nuclear weapons around. One of them he had aimed at the, the womb of Uttara. He wanted to kill off the last descendant of, of the dynasty. And this was the son of Abhimanyu, Abhimanyu, the great hero, one of the great heroes of the Mahabharata, had been uh, <clears throat> killed really unfairly by the uh, gang of Kauravas who had specifically arranged to cut him off from the rest of the armies and surround him, really kind of in an ambush. And he had died. But Uttara, normally, of course, at that time, a wife would follow the husband into the funeral pyre, feeling so much separation from the husband. But Uttara had a duty to do because it was known that she was already pregnant. And that pregnancy was with Prikshit Maharaj. Now Prikshit is in the womb at Ashvatama. He also threw a Brahmastra weapon which from the descriptions we hear can be thrown precisely uh, in a certain place and that, that was the womb of Uttara. So the radiation from that uh, destroyed her womb but Krishna personally appeared there and by his unlimited power he protected the embryo who was Prikshit from the, the heat of the Brahmastra. And 
one of the reason that he is called Parikshit is because after seeing Krishna within the womb, he was so fascinated that he's Parikshit means the examiner. He was always looking again to see this that image of the supreme personality of Godhead. So, of course, uh, Uttara uh, was saved. Parikshit was saved and there's a way in which uh, Arjuna, after catching Ashvatama, was then, had bound him up with ropes and then was to punish him. But then there was a difference of opinion. Bhima said you should kill him right away, you already promised you'd kill him. Draupadi changed her mind. She said, I know what it feels like to have my son killed, so I don't want uh, the mother of Ashvatama to feel the same lamentation. And then Krishna weighed in and he said, by, by way of gesture, actually he didn't say, but he, he gestured to Arjuna that he'll have to satisfy both sides. Vishnak Chakravarti Thakur comments that to keep the two sides at bay, because they were arguing with each other, he had to manifest an extra two arms. So he was there in a forearm form during the dispute. Arjuna being very intelligent, disciple of Krishna, then intuited what Krishna had in mind. How do you solve such a problem when uh, the sides seem at polar opposites? Actually, Braja Bihari Prabhu gave a class to us recently in Mayapur about how many problems aren't to be solved, they're to be managed. And so Arjuna, uh, this is called polarity management, he managed the situation by making a Shastra a distinction of killing a Brahmin. He said, well, there's no, you, you're not supposed to kill a Brahmin, but on the other hand, he deserves to die. And I already promised I'd kill him. But now uh, Draupadi changed her mind. Bhima is insisting, so what, what do I do? So he took his sword up and he swung it and he cut off the jewel from, that was attached to the hair of Ashwatthama. And this was taking away his Brahminical status without killing his body. And therefore the, the, the author, the Bhagavatam says that thus he achieved both at the same time. So as to the significance of the birth of Pariksit, we hear, we'll hear later in this chapter the, the, the uh, panegyrists and the, those who are uh, aware of the, the glory and magnificence of Pariksit and what he will do in the future, begin glorifying him and his uh, stature. But we get a sense how important it is that there's actually a strong leader. And the Bhagavatam, of course, there have been strong leaders in, in the past, but the Bhagavatam is especially concerned with Pariksit Maharaj because he's not only a strong leader, but a pure devotee. And this is a perfect combination because as Krishna mentions in the Bhagavad Gita, his mission, Pritranaya Sadhanam, Vinashaya Chaduskritam, Dharma Samstapanartaya, Sambhavam Yuge Yuge, is to cut down your religion and to lift up the devotees. 
It's really um, apparent these days when there's a lack of state leadership in the world that uh, people are disappointed often. I mean, they're so used to it, however, they just take it for granted that leaders will be bad and that will let them down. But it doesn't, uh, it doesn't help the, the social fabric when there's a disappointment in leaders. And on the other hand, when a great leader appears, who's a pure devotee, and who also is, is strong in leadership and knows what to do and what not to do, as Prikshit did, for instance, who would have thought when, if you had run into Kali yourself, that uh, you would make a deal with him, that he could stay in any place where there was hoarding of gold or any of the other sinful activities? Had you thought of that before, making such a deal with Kali? But, but Parikshit Maharaj knew exactly what to do, and he also was very strong in, in chastising uh, Kali. So the, the appearance of Parikshit Maharaj is, is significant because he's, he has the same mission as Krishna. And Krishna depends on his kings, uh, for instance, Yudhishthira and Parikshit, in order to bring order into the world. It's extremely important. In the absence of, of such a, a leader in the world today, we're sort of left with um, spreading the Sankirtan movement as vigorously as possible and um, hoping for the intervention of the Lord and, uh, through his various energies in whatever way possible. If, however, there were, there were such a, a strong personality in place who understood dharma and was willing to stand up for it, wouldn't it be a different uh, wouldn't we feel a different kind of enthusiasm? Say yes. Yeah, yeah we definitely would. I would preach it was running for president, we'd probably get a campaign voting. And somebody on Facebook would, would criticize him also, saying like, <laughs> they'd find something wrong with him somewhere. And that's the, the bane of, of, of any leader, is uh, no matter what you do, someone will find something wrong with him somewhere. And those are a few sort of introductory comments, some of them random, but we find in the purport here that that's uh, permissible. In the purports discussed that the question came up about Parikshit Maharaj much earlier, and here we are many chapters later, and they diverted into many different topics, all of them spiritual. And so in the time that was allotted to me, which it, it's over now, right? Or in 10 minutes. So that gives us some time for some reflections or questions. Yes, Pancharatna Prabhu. Uh, this is my, my. So this is a uh, indication of my But I'm a little confused about the chronology because Richard Maharaj heard the Bhagavatam from Sukadev. And Sutta was present, correct? Yes. Then, then, then this whole judgment is taking place, and Balaram appears, but in, when Richard hears the 
Bhagavatam, it appears that Krishna has already departed because the Bhagavatam describes his departure. But Balarama is coming into the scene later on. So, is it, how is this sequence going on here? Balarama continues to stay on the planet for some time in order to come and be. No, Balaram. Balaram and Krishna left at Prabhash. That's that's uh, described in the eleventh canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Their departure for the spiritual world, the incident at Prabhash. The Gopi Pranadana Prabhu explains how, oh, or actually in his commentary on the Tattva Sandarbha, that the the Srimad Bhagavatam, although it appears to be. Um, there are chronological steps that are being laid out in the Bhagavatam. He says it's an eternal scripture. That's the opinion of Jiva Goswami, that it's, the verses are the same uh, whenever it's being pre presented because it, it's actually, each one of the verses is eternally existing. And therefore, um, when it's spoken, it's spoken in the same way. Reflections or questions? No matter what, um, we may describe this in the material world as we're talking about the president's position or any higher order's position. It's very difficult to satisfy. Um, is that the same way since in the, the spiritual world there is also the person, you know, with the gopis to satisfy the Is that the same way if I understood you correctly, you said there's a sense of competition within the material world? Yeah. We can't satisfy any when someone is in a higher position and then there's people expect that is to be to, to satisfy other it's difficult. It's not possible. Likewise, in the spiritual world, that is also a person. So that was the same way. Well, Prabhupada explains that there's a similar uh, competition in s spiritual circles, but there's no inebriety. That means that there's not a sense of, of envy. Although there may be competition, there's a, a way in which uh, when somebody does better than another in devotional service, uh, the person who is, uh, has been defeated, so. Uh, as appreciating that someone did better than me and it encourages them to try to increase their service. Whereas in a material sense, people become despondent when they're defeated by others and so forth. But uh, the competition is always there, even in the spiritual world. This is one of the ways in which uh, the, there is a uh, rasa or a taste that comes from of course, it's described in the Chaitanya Charita that there's a competition between Radharani and Krishna. When she, Radharani, increases her qualities and beauty, then Krishna increases his, and there's always a competition. And then, of course, there are, there are rival parties that are competing for uh, Krishna's attention in, the, in his various groups. And, however, the point is that the there's no acrimony 
or, or a sense of, of envy of the other, even though there's competition. This is something where uh, um, Kaviraj Goswami explains, for instance, the difference between love and lust. He said they look very much the same, but um, they're very different. He said it's like the difference between gold and iron. Lust is like iron and love is like gold. You might say they're both metals, but the quality is very different. So the quality of the competition is very different. Yes, Prabhu. There was a big competition between the spiritual world. There was a big competition between uh, Radharani and Chandravali. Chandravali was Chandravali was rightist and Radharani is leftist. So there was a big competition to satisfy satisfy Krishna. Um, so um, so who was uh, more dear to Krishna? What do you think? <laughs> Radharani is, is described by the Bhagavatam itself as the one person who is most dear to Krishna. Uh, this is a Radhanam. And this is uh, actually clear evidence for Radharani. She's not mentioned specifically by name, but her name is taken from the proclamation that there is one particular gopi who pleases Krishna more than the others. And in the Goswami literatures, it's, it's more, there are more details of this. For instance, that in some of the performance of Rasa Dance, uh, Lalita holds Radharani back from coming right away. She said, you should be fashionably late. And Krishna spends time bantering with the other gopis because he's not willing to do the rasa dance without Radharani. So ultimately there's no question, although Krishna consorts with others in order to create this kind of friction and sometimes when Krishna comes to see Radharani, uh, she or more likely her friends say, go away, she doesn't want to see you now. So. In any case, the verdict of, of the Bhagavatam and, and of all the Goswamis is ultimately that Radharani is the queen of Vrindavan. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Prabhu. Prabhu, in uh, many times, uh, monarchy was considered the best form of government. So, from a Vedic perspective, I mean, today, even kings are corrupt, just everyone is corrupt and more or less. So, um, from a perspective, what would the best form of government be now, now in Kamaluga? Or does it not matter and it's just focus on spreading the same Kamaluga as you mentioned? He has to reiterate what you're saying or to expand upon it. The Bhagavatam goes into great detail, especially uh, going into the, what we see in the 12th canto, about the degradation of, of kings. The, de the king, kingships become more and more uh, degraded. This is the precursor to the um, degradation of the entire society, because when the leaders become bad, then everything becomes bad. And it becomes worse and worse in Kali Yuga. 
as things progress. I don't notice that there's any uh, end in sight. I haven't noticed that uh, the leadership is uh, showing any promise of improving. But your question really is, what's the ideal? Uh, Prabhupada mentioned several things. One is that it's important to establish Varnashrama in society. Uh, Varnashrama really, having a clear Varnashrama really does uh, require having leadership that is uh, keeping the distinctions and uh, helping those who are in particular categories to progress you know, towards God consciousness. And at the same time, he also mentions that it's very difficult in the age of Kali or practically impossible and that we should really take shelter of the process of Harinam Sankirtan and expanding the Sankirtan movement and so forth. But there's no real indication that there's a, a time in Kali Yuga that some king is going to emerge, nor does it, it seemed quite possible at this point. So the, uh, the admonition that Prabhupada gives, make the best use of a bad bargain, and take the two instructions that he gave, try to establish Varnashram as much as possible, and continue the Sankirtan movement, seem to be the, the best that we have right now to continue. I hope I, you don't find that disappointing, but... Yeah. And now we've come to the end of our allotted time because today's a very busy day. There will be an initiation ceremony uh, coming up. What's next on the agenda? Right now? Okay. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai Srila Prabhupada ki jai Maharaj Priksha ki jai Gopremanande Haribo.